is the Go Blue Crew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Last time we talked, we were uh, we were thinking that hey, you know, Michigan's coming off of a long break, might not look too good. We're two of the stupidest people alive, Derek. I mean, I don't mean to be hyperbolic, but we totally messed that one up because Michigan went three and zero, including road wins against Wisconsin and Ohio State. Like, how dumb were we to have ever doubted this thing? Pretty dumb. I think a lot of it probably stems from what we're used to, maybe say during the fall. Um, you know, we have really had you know some great lessons on you know preseason expectations, in-season expectations, end-of-season expectations, and I think that you know just because how crazy this pandemic has been, you look at twenty-three days off and you say, hey, you know, don't expect much. Um, just, you know, come out and surprise me. And I mean, Michigan returned to, you know, that one loss form within the second half of the Wisconsin game, you know, looked okay against Rutgers enough to win. Uh, and then, you know, probably the game of the year, um, looked excellent against Ohio state in a victory, um, against a, you know, another top five team in the nation. So for us to ever doubt that they could, you know, look good after a 23 day break, you know, makes us pretty stupid, I guess. Yeah, that was game of the year, not just for Michigan, but I feel like in all of college basketball, I can't think of another game that was that good. And I'm not watching every game every night, obviously, but um, you know that those were two like great teams. Um, offense was there the whole time, and it was just fun to watch. I mean, you obviously like we were pulling for Michigan, but even if Michigan hadn't have won, it would have been like you know what, that was a really good game. Would have taken a couple of days, I'm sure, to like get to that point where you can say, let's just uh, respect the game for what it was. And I'm sure Ohio State fans are still uh, pretty pissed about the outcome. But the fact of the matter is, like that was just a great college basketball game. And the fact that Michigan was able to put that together in its third game back um, speaks to what we've been talking about this whole season with what Juwan Howard has and the veteran players, including two of those transfers, Shondi Brown, and Mike Smith, uh, I think you know this is this is a really special team, and I've been hesitant to say that because special is like a really relative term, and you know you can kind of define it however you want. But uh, this, I mean, this team to do what they've done, I think you know you just call it special because that's what it is, and you know they got a little bit left here in the regular season that we'll get into in a little bit. But I have no problem saying like, yeah, you know, this is definitely a special team. Yeah, and you know, special performances too. You know, Hunter Dickinson's tied the Michigan record for um, you know most, I think, what freshman of the year um, awards of the week. Uh, with Trey Burke. Yeah, of the week. Yeah, <laughs> so likely will win freshman of the year. I'm already, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. I uh, would be shocked if he didn't. Obviously, no, right? Yeah, um, and he's had you know a couple of games before the break um, and even and even after the break where you he's kind of been really quiet and so for him to you know just really dominate you know on the glass obviously getting you know above 20 points again um, great from the line I mean he was six for six that's best on the team um, only other guy that took six was Franz Wagner and he missed two of them um, and so to have a big guy like that you know play that well but also be reliable from the line uh, is huge and you know they've 
it was still a, a Dwayne Washington Jr. career night. He had 30 points. E.J. Liddell had 23 points. C.J. Walker had 15. And Ohio State also played really, really well. And it was back and forth for a reason. And Michigan finally, you know, pulled ahead, I think, just being the better team. Um, and it's no disrespect to Ohio State. They've had a really hot 2021. Um, and, and they're a really good team. And, and that really did feel, and, and this is kind of going back on like game of the year, kind of nationwide, that felt like a Final Four game. Uh, maybe not exactly the atmosphere, obviously, because it wasn't a neutral core, but those two teams and that game felt like a late March, early April um, NCAA tournament game. And I think you saw two of the best teams in the nation play Sunday. Uh, and once again, just like, you know, every game but one this season, Michigan came out on top. Um, so, yeah, I think special is, you know, just fine to, to say because, you know, they are, are really doing something remarkable this year. Yeah, it's hard, hard to believe that uh, yesterday was February 21st because it did definitely feel like March or even into early April, like you said, with the final four. Like that's that's the kind of energy that game had. And, and I kept thinking throughout the game, like, what would this look like if there were fans? That would be crazy. And then obviously, you know, Ohio State would, would pick up some kind of an advantage there in that atmosphere. But, um, you know, that that would have just been nuts. I kept thinking about that uh, throughout the game. You got to look at the, the ESPN, like, flow chart of this game. You know, they tracked, like, the probability of a team winning throughout the game. And, like, the red and blue lines here are are never separated except for at the very end. Uh, obviously the, the blue line surges ahead a little bit for Michigan, but just speaks to you know how, how great of a game, how close of a game that was. Do we feel like this is a team that um, you know, has to like continue to prove itself to get a number one seed? Obviously you can't fall apart because then you would most likely lose out on that top spot, but uh, you know, do they, do they need any more signature wins? Like, can you lose to Iowa and maybe, not do great in the Big Ten tournament and still get a number one seed? Or do you have to, like, keep keep surging and doing what you're doing? You know, when you look at where Ohio State is um, and, and being number four in the country and also being talked about, you know, potentially being on that one seed line, I think, um, you know, what, what they would have been, 18 and four, I guess, heading into the season with four Big Ten losses. Um you might have to correct me on that. I don't have it in front of me. I but think it would be 19 and 4. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, again, either way, you know, number four in the country, Michigan number three, even with that one loss. Um, they didn't move at all. I think they even moved up during the break. I think they went from number four to number three at one point. So, yeah, I think it would take a lot to, to bump them off that one seed line just because of their entire body of work. Um, the teams that they've beaten, you know, both at home and on the road, you have one loss that's, I guess you could call it a bad loss because of the score, but you had, you know, pummeled that team earlier in the season. And so I expect, you know, to Michigan go without a loss, you know, from here until what the final four, you know, maybe unlikely. Um, you still have some really good teams on the schedule and some really good players. What made me a little nervous about this game is this was one of the few times this year, at least in comparison to last year, where a player on the opposing team just completely went nuts. And when you look ahead at Iowa, uh, Luca Garza, I mean, that dude could drop 50 points. Um, and it's going to take a Hunter Dickinson having a good game to kind of, you know, somewhat match that. And obviously other guys will need to step up like we've seen, 
you know, multiple times this season and against Ohio State, uh, especially the transfers that we always talk about. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it, it could be tough to see them winning every game just because there's still a competitive league. Um, you know, they're very they're very likely to be able to do so um, just because, you know, they've once again proven even to us dummies that, you know, they can come back after a break and beat on, um, you know, ranked teams on the road. But, yeah, I think as long as you only drop one, um, you know, maybe even two, if even if that one's in the in the tournament, I think that one line looks pretty good. If you start losing to Iowa, Illinois, you split with Michigan State, um, and you don't, you know, run the table in the Big Ten tournament, then yeah, you know, there's other chances for teams to to really uh, step in um, on that one line. But yeah, you know, the way Michigan's been playing, I, I don't think you could say there's, you know, just like the ranked, I don't think there's more than two other better teams in the country, um, and I think that's even debatable. I th- yeah, I think you got to be worried about what Luca Garza might be able to do. But, you know, at the same time, like, you look at Ohio State's box score and you see Liddell and Washington combined for more than half of Ohio State's points. And you know what? You would take a win any way you can get it. Nobody would complain, obviously, if Ohio State had won. But you look at Michigan's then and you see 12 points from Isaiah Livers and 22 from Hunter Dickinson and 17 from Eli Brooks and 11 from Mike Smith. And then Shawnee Brown is off the bench with 15 points, including three or four from behind the arc, a much more balanced effort offensively. And I think that's what's sustainable. So as worried as you really ought to be about Luca Garza and, and Iowa as a whole, if it's going to turn into Luca Garza versus Michigan, um, you know, it's not, it's obviously not a guarantee, but, but I think you feel better about your chances because uh, you know that, that at that point you have the more complete team and, and, you know, you're able to, to rely on, on some more shooters down the stretch and in critical situations. So I think that's what gives Michigan the edge, not, not just against uh, teams like Ohio state and Iowa, but pretty much against every team there, there is not a team out there that is, more balanced than Michigan that has more players who can get you points. And, you know, I don't want to say that Michigan is the most balanced, but uh, you know, you would have a hard time convincing me that there's a team out there that, that does it better at least. Yeah. And that's exactly right. I think when you look at, you know, top three teams, uh, Michigan, Michigan having the one loss, um, you look at a Baylor and you look at Gonzaga, they can be, you know, equally as balanced. They're obviously, really great teams, but really beyond that, you know, you're looking at other teams in the big 10, you know, at Ohio state at four, you had Illinois at five um, coaches uh, poll flops those, I believe, um, you know, Michigan just beat one of those teams and they have a chance to beat uh, another one, you know, later on. And then you have Iowa, you know, that was sitting in the top 10. Um, and so you have a chance for Michigan to, you know, really, I want to say separate themselves because, you know, Gonzaga is probably going to run the table uh, Baylor, you know, hasn't looked like they've had any trouble. Um, and so when you see, you know, Michigan's opportunity, you can be, you know, two more top 10 teams and you can, you know, dominate a rival um, who's kind of having a down year uh, and then hopefully, you know, run the table in the tournament, which they've done with, I don't want to say worse teams because it's not like the teams that won the Big Ten championships were bad teams. Uh, but I would say this Michigan team and, and what they've been able to prove on the court and just how balanced they are, once again, like you mentioned, you know, it's, it's hard to think that, you know, this year, even with the Big Ten being better, that their their chances should be better than ever to, you know, to win this thing outright and to win the NCAA. Or, well, yeah, 
I got ahead, I'm getting ahead of myself a lot. Win you the are. Big Ten tournament. <laughs> they could also win the NCAA tournament. That's fine. That's fine. I'm really, got... I'm really not in a headspace where I'm like that cocky about you know just to clear it up with everybody. I'm not you know that over the top. I'm just you know skipping ahead. Is it the cold? Could be. You know, it's warmer today, so I okay. can't really use that excuse. But you know, the cold and the inches and inches of snow over the last couple of weeks, man, it's been a, been a rough February. Measured by the foot in Indianapolis. I don't know about where you are. About the same. Probably over time, about the same. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Michigan's last stretch here got Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, and then back to back against Michigan State. It's not so much the opponents, uh, for me anyway, as it is the fact that there's two and three day breaks in here, and then that's it. And then you're going to go on to the conference tournament uh, and then the NCAA tournament. Are, I mean, I hate to even ask this question because of how wrong we were, you know, coming off of that uh, like three week long break. But are we concerned at all that that this might be just a little too much to ask of a team to go out and play that much basketball in a short amount of time? Yeah. So this is where I will go back to the break is if there's anything to do with Stanima or just, you know, the, the level that these guys are able to play at um, and, and taking that time off, if it's going to affect anything. I would think it's, you know, a stretch like this against very challenging teams, you know, heading into uh, a tournament where there's even less of a break. And and so, yeah, I think, you know, no matter where Michigan was at, whether they had a 23-day break, whether they had lost two of these, you know, previous three games, this stretch is brutal no matter what. I like getting Iowa at home. Uh, I think that's a, a big advantage for those guys to, you know, come off of uh, a crazy first week back. Um, a big road win at Ohio State and kind of, you know, come back and practice at home, play at home. You do have to travel to Indiana. Um, and then, you know, you're back against Illinois. And so I think that's obviously favorable. Uh, you know, we've talked about this all year, football and basketball. You know, there might not be the, the true home court advantage, but I think anytime you can play at home, it's beneficial. Um, and so I do like the way it's shaping up for um, Michigan. I do believe the last time we chatted that that Michigan State makeup game was not on the schedule because I, I believe I don't think we so. had talked about um, you know the last game being the the seventh or the fourth or whatever it was but now there it is um, they are going to make up that game so they have to go back to back against Michigan State and, and I would say even with Michigan clearly being the better team you know that game is always a tough game every year uh, no matter who the better squad is and to play them twice in a three-day period um, or four days, whatever it is, and, you know, do one home and one away, you know, that alone is, is challenging. Um, you know, you can say whatever you want about Tom Izzo and Michigan State, and, you know, a lot of it's justified this year because of how they look, but, you know, that dude does not like losing to Michigan. Um, and I don't think those guys want to lose to Michigan, especially in a year of what they've had. And, you know, all you got to look back and, and sorry to do this is as to what happened in the fall. You know, a team that had no business – uh, beating Michigan um, at Michigan, um, you know, Michigan State pulled it off. And, you know, I don't even care that Michigan went on to be a horrible football team. You know, that still shouldn't have happened regardless. And so I would say those last two games, especially since um, it's a, you know, a lower tier opponent this year, I'd be worried about those games kind of messing with Michigan's one seed line. But, yeah, you know, you've got to get through the thick of uh, a really tough five-game stretch. Um, but I guess you're lucky that, you know, two of the biggest ones are at home. Yeah, it's going to be hard to beat a team twice 
um, anyway, but then you try to do it back to back with three days break there as a Thursday game. And then you turn around and play again on Sunday. Uh, whoever, I mean, I feel like whoever wins that first matchup, the popular pick, well, maybe not popular, but uh, it might be trendy to pick the other team in that second game, just because of the way, uh, the way these things tend to go down, or at least they seem to go down between Iowa and Illinois. Like those are obviously the two big games left or uh, tough games. I should say Michigan state being a rivalry is obviously a big game. Do you think uh, that's a split? Do you see two wins, two losses? How are you feeling about those? Um, I'm going to say a split. I would say uh, if I'm more worried about Iowa than, than Illinois. And it's just, again, because of Luca Garza. And you made a really great point that, you know, Michigan being a balanced team, they should be able to handle that. But always, you know, you're full, (laughs) full of solid points. But, you know, Iowa on certain nights can also play pretty balanced um, and maybe not in, in the way Michigan can, where the stat line, you know, literally looks uh, pretty identical from player to player. You know, Garza could still have his 30, um, but there's a lot of other contributors too. And so I'm personally more worried about that game. Um, it's a little bit of a bigger break here uh, coming off of a big win. Obviously you're not looking forward past these games. I know Javon Howard's even said that. Um, so yeah, I'd say split. Uh, and if I had to pick one, they lose, I'd say Iowa. Okay. Um, I want to throw one more question to you before we go here. Not about any of the games left, but who is Michigan's MVP at the end of the season? Is it Hunter Dickinson? Do you think it's Isaiah Livers or perhaps Franz Wagner? Who Who is that guy at the end of the season? You're like, Michigan could not have done it without him. I'm going to go with Isaiah Livers. Um, if Hunter Dickinson wouldn't have, and, and I don't want to say disappeared because it, I mean, that's not totally truthful, but if, if Hunter Dickinson would have stayed as hot as he was, you know, five weeks ago uh, and continue to play like he did on Sunday against Ohio State, I mean, throughout the whole season, um, and then even finishes the season that way, I'd say Hunter Dickinson just because of the type of player he is, you know, in a league full of great big men. Um, right up there with with some of the best, if not you know, tied for the best at, at times with how he looks. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Isaiah Livers because I think that you know he's you know cliche as it sounds, he's the senior leader um, who has you know given them you know, so much over the last you know four years. But you know specifically this year in a healthy season, he's looked really good and he's made some great key plays. And I think without him. You know, similar to Eli Brooks being a senior when they lost to Minnesota, I think without a guy like Isaiah Livers, this team looks uh, a lot different. Um, and so I think I'd say a toss-up between the two, uh, but because Hunter Dickinson got a little bit quiet there and then also didn't start at the beginning of the season, I'd say Isaiah Livers. Yeah, I think this is a, a point where, like, the the what MVP stands for it really matters, like most valuable player. I've always thought we've had a stupid debate about if MVP goes to the most valued player or the best player. In this case, I think you're absolutely right that Isaiah Livers is the most valuable player on Michigan's team because of the fact that he's been around a while. On top, you know, he's obviously just really good. Uh, you know, that that shouldn't be lost in any of this. But he, in my mind, is is the guy who, like, Michigan can't really do without. And... I know, you, you know, like you said, 
you know, Michigan lost to Minnesota without Eli Brooks, and that was a, a big deal and, and not to be unexpected because of who, who Eli Brooks is. But uh, I, th- I think Isaiah Livers is just like that ultimate guy that, you know, if, if, if you had to, to pick between him and Hunter Dickinson to play without a game, like if that was Juwan Howard, if you're like, you know, you got to play without one of these guys. I think he's going to say, well, first of all, you know, I got Austin Davis, who's like a Big Ten starting caliber player anyway. But, you know, outside yeah. of that, like you're looking at Isaiah Livers and like, I don't think my team can can like weather the storm without him. So that's why I think he, he is the MVP. That's why I agree with you there. So before we go, uh, any parting thoughts here on what is the 149th episode of the Go Blue Crew? Yeah, you know, a parting thought would be, you know, like you said, depending on how you define MVP, you know, most valuable, I think, could be taken a lot of ways. And I don't know what category you would, you know, obviously a six-man for a Shawnee Brown would be obvious, but, you know, if you want to talk about just value, and I will obviously want to touch on this at the end of the season, but what Mike Smith and Shawnee Brown have done is just as valuable as any single player on the team. Um, I think without them, this team would also look a lot different. And so just, you know, game after game, week after week, just continue to be really impressed with them. And, you know, as a fan, thankful they chose Michigan as the landing spot because they've, you know, they've helped this team have a, you know, great success. Absolutely. So the next time we see you will be 150 episodes of the Go Blue Crew, a tremendous milestone to get to, especially in these trying times, Derek, as people like to say, these trying times. But, Absolutely. Uh, we will also, of course, be talking about Michigan basketball and, uh, you know, spring spring practice started today in, in football, today being Monday, the uh, the 22nd. So a uh, lot to look forward to in the coming weeks. So take care and go blue. Go blue.